Welcome to the Journey of Woman podcast, a place for women to gather, to simply sit, be, and remember who they truly are. I'm Carly, your host, and there really is nothing more magical to me than seeing what happens when women gather. When they share their stories, drop their walls, and simply meet each other heart to heart. It is here that we will be having all the conversations that pertain to womanhood. No filters, nothing off limits, just real, raw and juicy conversations. Our guests range from mostly women living in their career genius and sharing that with us, to everyday women who simply have a story in their hearts they know needs to be shared. The journey of woman is not a linear one. Stories are what bring us together, inspire us, expand what is possible and also for us to know that we are never alone. These conversations and the occasional solo cast will be filled with all the good stuff. There may be tears, there definitely will be laughs, and one thing I can guarantee you is that there will be no masks. Just real conversations with real humans. I hope you enjoy this journey as much as I do. Hello friends, I have just had the absolute pleasure of sitting down and having a chat with the beautiful Avalon Darnesh and I am very excited to share this episode with you and also a little nervous. We do cover a few edgy topics and um, yeah, we delve into lots of different areas. Um, We both hold a really strong um, uh, desire and belief and, um, trust in our humanity and that of, you know, just how amazing human beings are in our true organic nature. And so we delve into lots of the areas of, um, how there is attacks happening on that. And, um, so yeah, it, it is a little bit edgy and I just invite you to just listen with an open heart and know that what we are sharing and how we are sharing it, all of it is coming from a place of deep, deep love for humanity and um, the, mm, I guess, I was going to say sadness, but I don't think it's sadness. It's just like, yeah, there's just... We both can really see many different agendas that are playing out and how that is um, flowing into the collective. And yeah, we just hold the vision that we will all come back to the truth of who we are and also at the same time trust implicitly on each soul's journey. And so... Yeah, I just really um, trust that those who are meant to hear this conversation will hear it and also trust that it will be received in the way it is intended and that is with our hearts so wide open and so much love for our fellow humans and yeah, we just really just want the best you know want the highest and best and um, without the distortion so 
without any further ado, I will introduce you to my beautiful friend Avalon and yeah, enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the Journey of Woman podcast. I'm super excited to have my guest on today. Um, this beautiful woman and I have known each other for like, oh, it must be like eight years now, I reckon. It's like 2013, we did B school together. And um, yeah, we've just been in and out of each other's journeys through all of that time. And um, I just see you as being such a wealth of wisdom and knowledge when it comes to women and their path and all the different facets that that holds. And so for me, there was really no, (laughs) it was a no brainer to have you on here because I think it's just so much of what this podcast is about. And um, I feel like you embody all of it, all the different aspects in so many different ways. So I'm just super, super grateful to have you on Avalon and I will um, ask you to introduce yourself because I am one for hearing the words flow out of your mouth of who you are rather than me reading a bio. So who are you today? Oh, amazing. Carly, firstly, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm thrilled to be here. And as soon as I saw that you're stepping into this world journey of woman, I'm like, oh, I'm so there. So thank you so much for that beautiful introduction already. I'm really honoured to be here. So who am I today is probably the best question to ask me because I'm different to who I was yesterday, right? And um, when it comes to bios, that's something that's always tripped me up as well. It's like, oh, you know, how how do I capture what it is and who it is and what I'm doing. So I'll give probably a little bit of a, an intro in terms of where I've come from and where I'm at now. So Mm. my background, uh, like over the last decade, I've been working specifically with women, like prior to that and prior to having children, I did uh, a lot of textile art and costume design. So I'm quite crafty. And when I had children, I started doing, children's clothing and that was you know it was great it was like a little bit of an evolution of that side of me but I knew that there was more that I was here to do with myself than than make clothes as as fun as that is and I was already supporting a lot of mums particularly with babies because I was making these special groovy little EC knickers, elimination communication pants for nappy free babies. Yeah. And so this is like back before social media, back in the days of Yahoo forums. And I was quite active on there in the natural parenting movement and helping with support and guidance for mums who were learning how to trust themselves in their parenting and their mothering and learning how to listen to their intuition and, for me, that's always been a natural thing, particularly stepping into motherhood. It was such a profound activation and heart expansion and deepening into myself. Just, and I, and I know that's such a, uh, an experience that so many women can relate to, right? You know, step through that portal and this, the whole world transforms into a, a new realm. So 
being aligned and connected and intuitive was, was my natural way of doing things. And so I was loving supporting other women with that. And I went through my own dark night of the soul type breakdown of the relationship of, with the father of my children. And that was quite toxic and abusive. And I ended up becoming a single mother and leaving Adelaide where I grew up and moving to the other side of the country, well, to the East coast. Um, prior to leaving, I studied holistic psychology and I, I just needed to understand humans. Yes. I was just like, Oh, what's happening? Like, what, how, how did I get in this situation? And so, yeah, cause I'd already um, separated from my partner back there. And so I've always been fascinated with humans and what makes us tick and primarily from the perspective is how, how do we, how do we thrive? Yes. You know, how do we, how do we get out of this mess? <laughs> because I grew up, you know, I, I love my family and everything, but I just felt like so disconnected growing up and, and so alone and, and I could, it just, seemed so strange the way people were and I knew that I was here to do things differently and I was here to raise my family differently and I had a vision prior to conceiving my first baby I was in Mexico I was in the middle of my travels and had this vision that part of my purpose was to raise families in the ways of the heart in a whole new way and I was looking up the beach and I could see families climbing the trees they weren't actually there but like in this vision I was like seeing that happening and it was so it was so expansive and beautiful and then I it felt like I was being impregnated by the sun I was standing on the beach under the sun feeling my womb so alive and I put my hand there and it was like wow, did, is that the Immaculate Conception? Like, did that just happen? <laughs> it was so real. And it, it didn't happen in that moment, but it was like energetically I had received my baby and I could literally conceived her the conventional means <laughs> um, like of a couple of months, like within a couple of months I was pregnant yeah. with my baby and it felt it felt significant. I'm like, wow, okay, this is, this is a significant part of my journey. And so just coming back to, you know, moving through, I know this is meant to be an intro, but it's kind of a long intro. It's perfect. (laughs) Um, I also trust that it's perfect (laughs) because that's, that's where I'm at now in life. It's right. Just, you know, when, yeah, when you're in that moment, in the present moment, connected with, with source connected with spirit, just trust what's there, trust what comes yep. through. And that's how life becomes no magical. Exactly. Totally. And so, so I moved to the East coast and I was really keen to connect with a partner. Like I was on my own with two children and they were little and I was obsessed actually (laughs) with finding a partner and I was doing a lot of reading and learning and studying and I was in um, beautiful town Bellingen which at the time was probably still is it just felt like it was full of single mothers Mm. and because I don't live there anymore I'm not far from there but um 
I was surrounded by a lot of mums and I had a vision for what I was seeking and I was seeking divine union. Like Mm. I was so open to a beautiful, beautiful family and a beautiful life. And, and the, the words that I was using at the time, like I, I'm calling in the king of my tribe. Mm. And so that was just quite an obsession for me for a while because I knew that it was fundamental to the vision that I had of family and living aligned in love. And um, it got to the point where I had to let go of it. It was just too consuming. And I did this ritual and it was just totally intuitive and spontaneous. And I hadn't had any training or learning about anything spiritual, really. It was all just from within me. And I was in the backyard and I set up a little altar under the full moon and uh, just had symbology, like two candles and two of everything and a little statue of a couple like connected. And, but I was also releasing it to the universe and I was just crying under this full moon, just going, I'm handing it all over. If I'm not meant to be in sacred union, so be it. I have these beautiful daughters. And if that's my path to walk with my daughters by my side, how blessed am I already? And I really just handed it all over and, and I asked for guidance. I said, guide me. And I don't even know who I was talking to. It was just, you know, talking to to life. (laughs) Yeah. Guide me, show me what am I here for? I know there's something I'm here for and I don't know what it is. And I know it's more than clothing because I was still doing my clothing business. Yeah. And so really soon within, it must've been within a week or so, a woman came up to me. I was at an event and she handed me a flyer and she goes, I think this is for you. And it was the school of shamanic midwifery at the time, which has now changed its name to the school of shamanic womancraft. Yeah. And as soon as I saw the flyer, I just had like full body goosebumps. I'm like, this is is my next step. I just got full body goosebumps too. Yeah. I know. Right. And you know, and there's there's so many situations like that, that I could share, but this one was really significant as well. And, um, I just immediately made a phone call and there was space and I could join and I had no money. Right. I was a single (laughs) mom on my own with a credit card debt on Centrelink. Yeah. (laughs) And it was like, I'm going to find a way. (laughs) And um, yeah, I ended up manifesting it all. Like I was just like, it's, this is bound to happen. And I actually ended up calling my parents who I never really asked for help. And I'm like, this is happening and that's happening. I was wondering if you can help me. And it was like, I'd never helped ask them for help before on that level. Yeah. And it was amazing that they were able to help me and they helped me. I got a new vehicle. That was like a side note, but it was just, I was desperate and I was willing to, go beyond anywhere that I'd been before because this needed to happen. Yeah. And so I stepped into that journey and that was pivotal for me. As soon as I stepped into that, that, that training, which was a a year long immersion through rites of passage and a lot of unraveling and, and reconnecting with the wisdom of being woman. Mm. It was so powerful. And and part of that was going on a vision quest out in the bush on my own for a few days to just sit and be with nature and call in a vision for my life. And so it was so amazing and such a luxury for me to be out in nature and to have no one talking 
and to just be in my own zone. Yeah. I know some people were apprehensive. It's like, oh, you know, you got nothing. You, you're just out there in the wild and there's snakes and there's spiders. And that was not my experience at all. It was just like, oh, bliss. I'm yeah. on the earth because that's my happy place. Because when I was younger, being out in the backyard was the only place that made sense to me. Yeah. So being out in the wild and, and on my own, I called for a vision and it was so clear what came through. So blossoming woman came to me and my name Avalon came to me because I wasn't born Avalon. I was born Alice. Mm. So I, I grew up Alice in Wonderland. So in this, in this vision, it was like Avalon came to me and I didn't even know what it meant. I'm like, is this me? What, what is this? It was just so clear. And, so blossoming woman, the download that came while I was out in the bush was all around a full paradigm shift around how we raise children mm. and birthing a new culture. And that totally synchronized with the vision that I'd had on that beach in Mexico just prior to conceiving my daughter. Yeah. And so I just, I had, I did have paper with me so I could like write down all the visions and the downloads and I was just writing and writing and writing and like transitioning the old paradigm to the new paradigm. And I mapped it all out while I was out in the bush wow. and um, I came back, back into civilization and within a week or two, I had just birthed my whole new website I'd set up Blossoming Woman. I'd transitioned from Bongo Baby, which was all the, the clothing and stuff, and said, everything's changed. <laughs> and I also, at that point, I had met my new partner, right? So I, that, there's a whole story around that, but I did shamanic journeys and I called him in. And um, so I was with him. And it was like, everything was just starting to come together. And I knew that I was going to be receiving another baby into my womb and I could feel the beauty of everything. And so I birthed Blossoming Woman and my, and my first offerings were for mothers and specifically around pregnancy and specifically around being deeply intuitive and calm and connected within yourself so that your children are also calm and connected within themselves. And uh, I did mostly was birth support in the beginning. That was my main um, passion was supporting women to have deeply grounded, intuitive, embodied birthing experiences because that's where life starts. Yes. You know, and, be, and, and the beginning of life being in full conscious awareness and full aliveness and deep love and welcoming babies into that high vibration of love. That's to me, that's the remedy. Like that is the medicine. Absolutely. Humanity starts there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that was beautiful. And I supported a lot of mums in that journey. And then that moved into um, communication and relationships and you know you can birth the baby but then what when they start talking and <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's when it starts to get tricky for a lot of mums as, as grounded and intuitive as you are because yeah. it's like that's when all our own unresolved stuff then starts to come into the mix and you know I have this being and and they've got their own free will and they've got their own way of doing things and how do I raise a child in a way that supports them to stay connected with their own sovereignty and their own truth and their own power and still guide them mm. 
and not control them. So we're moving out of the domination model into the partnership model. Yeah. Right. And, and living side by side and knowing that they come so fully intact as divine souls already and honoring and respecting their journey. And that, that's just innate to me. Like as soon as the babies come in, like, wow, I'm just in reverence of how divine they are. And so walking that path side by side and, and guiding other women to be more, um, more trusting mm-hmm. of the baby and the child and, and supporting them in a way that yes, you're still in a position of authority and leadership as a mother and as a woman and so is the other. And this is where it gets, it can be, it can really glitch out people. It's like, Oh, how does this work? Because we don't know. We haven't had it modeled. Yeah. How do we, how do we walk side by side sovereign with each other, with our children, having freedom to express themselves. And so, yeah, I was moving into that, like communication and connection and supporting, uh, you know, weaving in nonviolent communication as well like feelings Mm. and needs and really connecting in what is the essence of what's happening here what's really going on what is what is the need underneath the behavior what is the unmet need yeah you know because all behavior stems from that whether it's um particularly challenging behavior you know and and there's so many influences in our world now that can lead to challenging behavior like even just so much uh, overwhelming energy and stimulation and technology and stuff in food. Like there's all that, which is kind of like all the background stuff, but then there's the actual experiences that that they're actually having (laughs) and, and the the limitations of being little and and not being, having the skills that they Mm. would like to and not being as coordinated as they'd like to. And there's just so many things that, we can't even see and we don't know, but just to trust that if there's something going on for that child or even that adult, yeah, they're underneath it all. They're needing connection. They're needing to be heard. They're needing to be respected. And so it's like, as a mother, I see our role as the divine nurturer and as the fierce feminine, right? I'm not all mm. about fluff. Like it's yeah. all of it, whole <laughs> yeah. dark and light. Yeah. It's like stand so strong, grounded in this moment, like grounded in your body temple, connected mm. with the earth so that no matter what's going on, no matter what chaos, the two-year-olds and the 15-year-olds and all the stuff, no matter what's going on, because it will, like it does, right? Oh, it does. We've yeah. got five. Yeah, yeah, we've got five children in our blended family and there's always dynamics and stuff and there's there's disagreements and all the stuff. That's a normal thing that happens mm. in families, right? Yeah. And at the end of the day, we need to stand so strong to be able to be with all that and to also stay in our hearts and be able to respond and and support and guide more connection. So that was that's been a big part of my journey as well, particularly supporting supporting women to, to find like, what is that? What is the thing that really sets you off? Like, what, what is that, that shadow aspect within you that is unhealed? That is really, you know, we all have patterns yeah, and the patterns are established from so early on. Um, and noticing, cause it's so interesting. Every, 
everyone I talk to, you'll have different experiences and you'll have these same things that, that repeat for you, but it will be completely different for someone else, the patterns yeah. that they have repeating. And so for me, it's like looking at, okay, let's find out like what's happening in your body when that's happening, when that rage or that despair or that powerlessness or whatever it is for you, that, that sadness, when that's happening, really going in to the body because the body holds so much wisdom. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. And the, 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 the emotion and go right into where is that sitting inside you? What's, what's actually going on and exploring that and having the, the courage, but also creating the safety to go as deep as you need to into the experience of things that you probably would prefer to avoid. Yes. The body definitely, definitely holds so much, doesn't it? And I think there is a massive attack on that happening right now. And I think one thing that both you and I are just so aligned in is this, um, you know, the really organic human path and Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, what it means to be human and our power in that. Like, I think there's a lot um, in the world right now that Mm. really is, is putting that under attack because, the power in us comes from our humanity. And I think there is a huge disconnect that, you know, so many people want to use technology rather than come back to our innate human knowingness and beingness. So I would love to hear, there's so much that you just shared. There was so much gold in all of that. And I've been like writing down notes because I'm like, it. <laughs> all of it and it it kind of all just stems back to this one thing is around um, our humanity and really living that as a whole person and it's Mm. starting with birth like when you shared that I think that is so true and Mm -hmm. we there's I've seen books you know heal the earth heal birth kind of thing it's like that's where it it is it's literally where it all starts I mean it, it it starts preconception obviously as well, but when a, when a being comes into this world, how they enter matters. And Mm. um, yeah, I think, I I mean, I did a podcast a few weeks ago with a friend of mine around all of this as well, but there's so many things I want to touch on here with you around it. So I know you, your last birth was an ecstatic birth and I know you've shared that story elsewhere, but Mm -hmm. um I would love to just hear a little bit more around like around how one were your previous births similar or I had three really medicalized um, hospital births and then I had a fourth home birth. It was so Mm -hmm. different. So curious to know like what your journey was through that to get to this, you know, ultimate ecstatic birth destination. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure. I'll, I'll share that with you. And I'd love to share eventually about the flourishing humanity now. Right. Yes. You know, so let's, let's make sure we circle back to that that. too. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so my first birth, put it this way, I felt totally confident, almost naively confident to the point where I didn't want to learn anything. I went to, I, I was pregnant when I was overseas. Yep. Um, as I said, I got pregnant in, in Mexico, came back and I was pregnant when I arrived in Australia and I didn't know anything about the birth 
industry or what options there were other than the normal route was, oh, if I'm preg if I'm pregnant, I better see a doctor and sort that out. And so I just felt a bit clueless. I didn't know about home birth. I didn't know anything, right? So I just went to the local doctor and they said, yep. They did, I never even had a pregnancy test the whole time. Like I didn't even do a pregnancy test for myself. I just knew I was pregnant. Yeah. So no one ever tested me, but <laughs> I knew I was. And obviously it became more obvious as time went on. And um, yeah, they just said, all right, we'll just sign you up for this, this system. We, you go to the doctor regularly and then closer to pregnancy, then you visit the, the hospital and then you give birth in hospital. So that was my path there. And I just found those doctor's visits completely useless point of uh, weight useless waste of time yep um they take my blood pressure it was all good the only time the 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 woman ever said anything that was actually significant was wrong anyway yeah there was a couple of times that she introduced fear into the situation and at one point she was feeling my belly and I was having a Braxton Hicks contraction, you know, like the, just the, the, I had a lot of that. Yeah. Um, the, the sort of contraction, the hardening of the uterus while she was feeling me, she said, I think your baby's gone oblique, which means like sideways. Yeah. And for a moment I just freaked out for a minute. I'm like, Oh, cause the way she said it was like really terrifying. A bad thing. Yeah. As if my baby's sideways and how's it going to come out? And it was just, and I just said to her, no, I'm just having, you know, that's just the shape right now because of this, you know, muscle doing what it's doing. Um, and then she got freaked out about the size of my baby a bit later on at 31 weeks. She measured with a measuring tape. She's like, oh, I think your baby's not growing long enough, quick enough. And she was like, you need to have a, an ultrasound. We need to check that it's all growing. And I was like, it feels okay. I'm good. <laughs> but then I did, I, I succumbed to that because yeah. they're like, well, it just won't take, cause I was, I was really a bit sus about ultrasounds and stuff. Cause I just thought, I don't need that. What do I need that for? But anyway, I did go and I said to the, I, I grilled the ultrasound woman in the, in the hospital. And I said, I don't want you to have the ultrasound near the baby's head. And I don't, I want it to be really quick. And so she just did a really quick one. She needed to measure a bone and she's like, Oh yeah, it's all good. Everything's perfect. No, no problem. I was so annoyed. Yeah. You know? And then when it came to the actual birth, like I went to 41 weeks pregnant um, at my 41 week visit, I went in and the doctor, this young obstetrician said, well, it's time to consider your options. Yeah. And I said, well, the option is that my baby's going to be born when it's ready. Yeah, And he, he, and I was so confident and I just wasn't going to have it. I was already annoyed at the, yeah. at the fact that I was even in the hospital and that they'd, you know, I'd had that ultrasound and I just felt so trusting of my body. And, um, he, he was starting to feel annoyed that I wasn't getting scared. And he said, well, you do know that your baby could die. And my sister was with me because my partner at the time was at work and I we I looked at her and we both tried not to laugh because seriously it was like being in a movie yeah and I didn't let it in at all and I just thought how rude is that like how destructive is you. that kind of attitude yeah and um yeah and he go anyway so I mean you know like there's so much to every story but in the end he he said well okay, he's offered all these induction options. And I said, no, thanks, no, thanks, no, thanks, no, thanks. 
And then he said, well, what I can do is just feel that, make sure you've got some amniotic fluid. And I said, look, I'm happy for you to feel my belly. That's all good. Mm. Don't worry. That, that's fine. So he did that and it was all fine. And I left there and I actually did feel upset, even though I was in my power, you know, it's such a sensitive time. I wasn't upset because I was worried. I was just upset about how the he system was. Yeah. Yeah. And I got onto a homeopath, a, a naturopath, I mean, and I said, look, I'm 41 weeks pregnant. They're giving me pressure to induce. Is there anything you can do to help me? And he said, well, how are you feeling? And I said, I'm feeling good. And he goes, you don't need to do anything. But he did put together a little like thing, which had some tonics and stuff, a little medicine thing, um, natural remedy. And it just had just stuff that would help my uterus be strong. It was all completely unnecessary. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> I went and got this little vial of stuff and I took a few drops and like, um, it was disgusting. It tasted so gross. And um, I did go into natural labor uh, just before 42 weeks. And I just was at home and I was in the process. And as the, as the waves of, of birth um, got stronger, I was like, wow, this is full on, man. Like I'd never experienced anything like that in my life. And I was on my hands and knees, on my bed, just roaring it through. And I remember I got to this point where it just, it was like, it was the point where I had to lose control yeah, and where I had never lost control in my whole life. I, that, it was at that point that I realized that I was totally in control of everything my whole life to that point. That's what yeah. it felt like. Yeah. Because at that point I was like, fuck. Oh. And then I just, bald and started crying and I just gave myself to the birth yeah and it's like the portal opened and I just went in and to the point where I'm like I'll die if I have to for this baby I don't care it's not even about me yeah so it just became that total vessel for life because it was so intense I wouldn't call it pain I would just call it the most intense thing I've ever felt the power of it power, and I yeah. just no option other than to either freak out or dive in yeah and so I dived in and then I was like oh god now I have to go to the hospital don't I and I was just didn't want to and so I was at home until um it got really quite like I was like I think I'm either going to have this baby here yeah or I'm going to go to the hospital <laughs> and because I and I was completely unprepared yeah. to have a baby at home I just hadn't yeah. even thought that through yeah. so we rang up the hospitals and coming in anyway, went in there to cut a long story short. It was just a pain in the ass going into the hospital. Yeah. I got interrupted a few times. I, I said, I just want to go in the water and I go in the water and, and it was really, um, the birth started flow. Like it was amazing. I, I, I could feel the head starting to come through and I'm like, oh, the head, the head's coming, the head's coming. And the midwife said, no, no no, you can't birth in there. You need to come out and came out. And I was just like in this twilight zone yeah. and they got me out. She popped the sack. The sack was coming out. Like the whole thing was coming out intact and she popped it. I was, and I remember the moment I was standing on a tiled floor barefoot and all this gush just came out between my legs and it just felt like the floor opened up and I just totally felt disorientated. Yeah. And from that point, all of a sudden, all these people are in the room and she's like, you better get on the bed and push this baby out because of what she'd done. The cord was now like squashed in a weird place and we've got to get this baby out. And there's all this fucking panic and like, you've got to push the baby out. And 
it was just fucked. Yeah. But, but that was nothing in comparison to what a lot of experience, I know. a lot of women experience. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so I needed normal. to process yeah. that. Yeah. 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 And so eventually, and I pushed the baby out and then they, they, they picked her up and cut her cord straight away. And, and I remember like, as soon as she was out, the instinct is like, baby, I need my baby. And they just, they weren't very far, but I just said, give me my baby <laughs> like a yeah. fucking psycho. But, and that was really like, now that I understand hormones and that, then I bled a lot. So I bled and I bled and they gave her straight to me, but yeah. then I was bleeding. And then I, they gave me the injection to stop the bleeding and then all that. Like it was just a bit, a bit of a drama. Yeah. So I'm like, geez, I'm not going back there again. <laughs> I wish I so from, had thought that. <laughs> and so then my next birth was a, was a planned home birth. Awesome. Amazing. Just, I just trust my body. Mm-hmm. I had a very uh, shamanic visual experience in that birth. I was at home. I remember seeing a vortex of light coming from the sky, coming, spinning, getting spinning closer and closer and faster and faster to my womb, to my cervix, and then spinning out into the earth. And I was in the middle of the vortex and I was just like, whoa, just feeling it. And my, basically the midwife wasn't even part of it because it happened quite fast. By the time I rang her, she came in while the baby was coming out, basically like crowning. And so that was a really empowering, ecstatic, beautiful experience to birth my baby at home. And we had a lotus birth. We didn't cut the cord. Um, it was amazing. And so then, so that was my first two babies with, with one partner and, you know, quite a lot happened before I had my next baby. So the next one was six years later with a new partner and we were like, let's just do it. Let's just do it. We don't need anyone. We'll do it on our own. We were right deep into sacred union and, and beautiful connection and sensuality. And I, I knew a lot more because I had also, um, I'd been studying birth, you know, I was right in it and um, we didn't want spectators. We didn't want interruptions. We just wanted our own sacred space and just that felt amazing. And I knew that um, that would, that was a perfect thing for us. And I was doing a lot of connecting in spiritually and connecting in with my body and my baby and connecting in with my baby and, 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 like I was doing a lot of shamanic journeys with drums and, and going into altered states and connecting in and asking questions. And there was just total confirmation. This is what we need to do. And it's so interesting because the perception of free birth is, Oh, you're being irresponsible and careless, but it's the complete opposite. Exactly. Because you are taking radical responsibility for your birth experience. Exactly. You know, you need to know what you're doing as, as enough that you are prepared. It's all on you. Yep. And so that experience was divine. It was amazing. I, I predicted, I even predicted what, when it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen under the full moon on Easter because six months earlier, I knew when I'd conceived and so that night, it, well, nothing was happening at first. We were just like hanging out, having chocolate because <laughs> it was <laughs> close to Easter under the full moon. I'm like, I wonder if the baby's going to come. Because I wasn't attached to it coming, even yeah. though I predicted it. Yeah. And um, we, went, we decided to go to bed, thought we might as well get some rest. And then we, we had some beautiful sensual touch. 
and the the rushes of of bliss in my body started to like really change and like go yeah. deeper into my womb and like that would happen anyway for me in sexual arousal my womb would would respond yeah you know all through the whole pregnancy and so it was like that but then it was like even deeper and my partner was so connected in with me that he felt it and I'm like did you feel that and he goes yeah I felt that and so it was like we're in this space of total bliss and it was just getting deeper and my bliss was just going into deeper and deeper rushes of bliss and I was like oh wow the baby is coming and this is amazing. And so we were just like basking in that beauty and he was just touching me super lightly. Yeah. Not, not sexual touch direct. Yeah. Right. But just like touching me on my skin, yeah. which is very sensual. Yeah. Totally. Like it's really so divine and so intimate. And, yeah. and so we're in there we're like, Oh, we probably better get organized. <laughs> if we're going to have a baby, we better like get out of bed. If we had a birth pool in a different, different part of the house. <laughs> so we better put water in it and um so you know that kind of shifted the energy a bit because we needed to get practical and make sure and we were prepared like we had everything we needed but we did need to you know put the water in and heat it up and we were out um, out in the middle of nowhere like out the back of Bellingen in this property and the water pressure was dismal so it was like trickling water into this birth pool and so once we set everything up we had a fire and then we were able to then reconnect again back in our own sensual space and it's amazing how birth will just like shut off that yeah when you actually need to do other stuff which is happens in hospital like if there's any kind of fear or distraction it'll shut off and i mean it didn't completely stop but it was it definitely slows down Mm. totally changes gears Yeah. yeah yeah and so and then we're like, all right, let's, let's move into the birth zone again. And it was just such divine. It was unreal. Like there's nothing in my life compares to that experience of birth. And I had asked for that. Like I had set yeah. the intention. I'm here to experience the ultimate birth that is possible as a human. Mm. Show me. And so it was like so divine, like incredible rushes of bliss through my body. Like bliss doesn't even explain it. It was like ecstatic pleasure and expansion on the inside. It was like my body was just like, whoa, like turning inside out with pleasure. And my vision was, was like everything was, had purple fuzzy edges on it. And like I was in a total altered state. And like, I've done lots of psychedelics and substances and that, and this was beyond all that. And plus it was mixed with the excitement that the baby's coming in. So it was like coming closer and closer to meeting this divine baby. And, and my partner, Brett was just right there with me. And that's when I knew birth is not just women's business, Mm. right? Up to that point, birth had been women's business and I'd studied the women's mysteries and it was all about women in this experience with my man it was his presence and his love and his devotion that allowed me to drop deeper and deeper and deeper into a place that I'd never been before and that is sacred union and that is the holy trinity like the mother and the father and the holy child wow it was just fucking next level amazing I needed to hear that because that's the belief that I've held a bit is that, you know, like, yes, you have like the partner is there and stuff, but women need their women around them. But to hear mm. that, it's like, yeah, they bring in a whole other energy. And that's what I experienced, especially with the last, our last birth with um, 
Zion. And yeah, I, what I experienced with Justin is just that solid, like just that solid grounding energy from him. Like, Mm. yeah, I've just not really been able to do too much, but yeah, to hear, Mm. hear those words, I was like, yeah, that it is important. They do bring something into that space. that's so profound and um, necessary. And I think that, um, yeah, there's, there's something around women and whether I think each birth is going to be different because some people will want women there and holding that space for them. Others want to be completely undisturbed and un, uh, unwatched, I was going to say, but um, yeah. Unobserved. That's a unobserved. key factor. Mm. Like being, being, so the things that, that interrupt birth is mm. being observed. Definitely. Like yeah. self-consciousness. Oh yeah. Um, and, um, verbal, verbal communication, which puts a woman into her head that interrupts exactly. birth. Yeah. And also like the actual environment, like there needs to be warmth and comfort. So basically a woman needs to feel warm, comfort, safe, safe private. Yeah. 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 Um, and I want to mention around the women's business, like I fully respect that in many cultures it is women's business and that's how it is. Right. But what I was specifically asking is the evolution mm. of humanity and, and what's possible for us. Yeah. And that's what I experienced. So it's like not to say that there's any right or wrong, mm. but in that intention of what is the highest level of possibility for us as electromagnetic beings yeah. <laughs> on this frequency planet in this dimension, what can we do? Like what's possible yep. for us? Yeah. So that's what I experienced and it yeah. was just, yeah, amazing. Yeah. That is amazing because, I mean, it's definitely not not having the man there because that, I mean, you think go back to the 1950s or whatever and the man had to sit out the room and I just think, oh, my God, that's just so wrong. Like they, they have to be yeah. there. Well, it also depends. It does depend on what is the man bringing into the space. True. Just like with anyone. Like he? just like yeah. With a, yeah, like because anyone, whether they're man or woman, they're bringing their stuff in. And as a birthing woman, you're so sensitive to everyone's energies. That's just the way it's meant to be because you need to be sensitive because you also need to be aware of danger. Yeah. And so if a, if a guy is like really in bringing some kind of issues into the space, that's not helpful. You're better off actually not Not having him there. True. But if he's supportive, it's just like a doctor or a midwife, same thing or anyone it's not, you know, being sexist or anything. It's just like yeah. being so conscious of who is actually in that birthing space and are they supporting and are they bringing their fears in? Because yeah. fears are so ingrained in our, so in our cultural, in our culture, right? And, and primarily as a birthing woman, your own fears. And so that's why, you know, that really is what drew me to the shadow alchemy work with women, because I realized that we are already whole and divine. Yeah. And it's the fears and the unresolved patterns and stuff, which I was kind of getting to before is that's, that's the glitchy piece that keeps us repeating things and keeps us suffering. So when we can identify, what is that for you? Like, what is that? that shadow element, that unresolved stuff, that unexpressed emotion or whatever it is yeah, that is in there, in your physicality somewhere, in your energy field somewhere, 
let's go there because that's the key to your freedom. Yeah. Yeah. It's unlocking it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. So that, so just to continue on that, that birth, you know, like expanding, opening, and I could feel everything. It was like, I could feel every limb and everything as he was moving through me. Um, And I was so mindful. I'm on my own. There is no backup plan. I'm not going to tear. I'm going to stretch. And I just was like chanting. I was in this zone. I'm like, stretch, 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 stretch. I was just literally saying it out, out loud and had my hand. And I was just really working with my body and breathing and so in, in sync with my own body to yeah. actually birth in this way that was so beautiful. And so... That, and that was amazing because after that birth, I had about one drop of blood. Amazing. Like there was no blood. Considering my first birth, hemorrhaging, all this panic. Second birth, tiny bit, not much. But this one, the amount of, because of the total optimal hormones and everything was just like so divine that there was no blood. It was just the baby came out wow, and then the placenta came out and there was no blood. It was just weird. Yeah. Amazing. And this is there's something I said earlier with um, birth, when you were talking about the hospital and said, you know, Oh, that's just, it's so normal, but it's not normal. That's actually like, it's not, we accept it as normal. What mm. happens in that situation? Like so many things are normalized as, that's just how it is when it isn't. But then mm-hmm. something like that, mm. that we're like, oh my God, that's so weird. But maybe that's exactly how it's meant to be, you know? Like- I know, I know, exactly. It's just, it's phenomenal the amount of um, misinformation oh. or ignorance that we really have yeah. around our own capacity. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And not, to, not to blame anyone. <laughs> no, because I mean, that's just how society has been set up, hasn't it? So that mm. it's keeping us from our power because what you've just described is like a fucking, like an amazingly empowering experience that you've had. And mm. what that does to a human is so powerful, you know, mm. like in all the good ways. And, you oh, know, like it shows you totally. so much of who you are the truth of who you are, not what we've been told. And we're not just these little lowly mm. humans that, um, that are worthless and need all of these outside things to be able to function mm. properly. And, you know, there's so good, mm. you know, as I mentioned before, so many attacks on humanity right now from mm. all these different angles and all these different agendas and birth being one of them for sure. Like mm-hmm. the medicalization of birth is massive. The oh, huge, yeah. The, ge- the the whole gender, the transgender agenda. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Massive. See, and it's it's all the way I see it. It's it's a crisis of belonging, right? And it's a it's a disruption of attachment because we are designed to be attached. Attachment is not a bad thing. And in the new agey circles, it's like be unattached. We need healthy attachment. We need other humans. We need to feel like yes. we belong. Healthy attachment. That's the thing, isn't it? Exactly. And yeah. the, you know, the touching on the transgender agenda, there's a lot of confusion 
right? Because yes, gender is so like our sense of who we are. Gender is a mental construct, right? Gender is our beliefs. Gender is how am I expressing myself? What, who, what is my identity? All of that. Yeah. Right. And we are in a culture that basically says this set of beliefs and attributes and qualities must mean that you're a man and this attribute must mean that you're a woman and the division and the gender stereotyping is so entrenched that if someone is, is experiencing something that doesn't fit into that, they suddenly start thinking that they're in the wrong body. Body. I know. Right. And so it's, it's all under the illusion of, Oh, this is freedom. This is liberation. We're here Mm, to like let people express themselves, but you can express yourselves in the body that you're in the, the, the idea that you're in the wrong body is not a natural organic belief that anyone would have No, that is introduced. And there is a whole, I mean, we could go so deep into this, but when someone knows that they are loved, they belong, they are fully accepted and embraced for all that they are. There's no need to start chopping yourself up and chemically changing who Who you you think you are to, to, to become an image of who you think you should be. And I know that's such a controversial thing to say, but in my intuitive mama heart and womb, it's another attack on humanity's, on humanity's integrity. Yeah. And the emasculation of men, you know, like that it all weaves into it. And it doesn't mean all men have to be like this alpha kind of masculine, that kind of energy. But ultimately when, if you want to attack a population and have them not fight back, you, that you don't want warriors out there, you know, and it's just more of the, there's so many layers to this. Like you said, there's so many down so many rabbit holes and, but ultimately it is not, yeah, I do not see it. I, what you were sharing is exactly my beliefs is that this is not the organic human. And again, it's just another attack from taking away and trying to like, it's, there's a displacement of who we are and see it in the new age circles so much because, um, one, it's all about the mind. It's like taking people out of their bodies all the time. And mm-hmm. it's the, um, again, stereotyping of like how people should be. Exactly. But none of it is like when you just, when you can just drop all of that and just come back to like, if you go and sit in nature, that's, that's where you get everything that you need. I think we don't need mm-hmm. to be off believing that we are an alien or whatever. Cause yeah, we are like, we're multidimensional. We have all of these different pieces to us, but to me, you come to earth to be a human, you know, that's what this world here is about. It's like to be a human and yeah, really be that in its most expanded form. And that, yeah, I think there's a lot of, distortion around what that is meant to look like totally because your body is your body yeah and it's that it's biology right yeah biology is you i mean there are there's a very very small portion of intersex uh humans but you you are born i mean this is 
mammals. We're mammals. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. either have a penis or a vagina. That's the purpose yeah. of reproduction. But, you know, let's not forget the depopulation agenda, agenda. as well, right? So if we exactly. can sterilize people and, and, and stop them from reproducing, that's a whole other conversation. Yep. yep. Um, but, yeah, the way I see it, the transgender movement is the opposite to liberation because it's yep. actually deepening the divide and in, in further entrenching the gender stereotyping. Yeah. And that something's wrong with your body. And you said it earlier and I a hundred percent agree. The body holds so much wisdom, everything like mm. our power, like what, what humans are capable of. We're not even tapping into even like I know. such a small percentage of it. And it's our body's wisdom that is holding all of that. And so there's all these different attacks from so many different ways on the body and on the human Yeah. Um, to yeah, yeah. try. I'm not going to say ensure because I don't think they will. I think there will always be people like us that are just so strong in our knowing of what, what our bodies are capable of and holding strong in our integrity no matter what mm. people try to inject into us or <laughs> whatever. Totally. Um, that we will continue that on like, and that's, yeah. you know, we are, we're doing this for these children. That's what I see it as. It's like our children, mm. that, that generation, they are the ones that are really holding even more wisdom than what we can ever imagine. Mm. Totally. And that, you know, cause I've, I've had lots of conversations around this transgender concept and there are other cultures, indigenous cultures, ancient cultures that recognize various expressions of, of gender, right? Like, and that's beautiful. And that's not assuming that the body's wrong. Like yeah. there's, there's a real mix. There's it's a real um, confusion. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what I would love to see happening is if someone has somehow a concept that they're in the wrong body. Let's, let's explore that. Let's look yeah. at that because from my experience and my personal observation of different uh, families, cause I've been working with mums for a while. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of trauma. Yeah. I'm seeing uh, stories of, you know, the mum actually didn't want a boy. She wanted a girl. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing. Yep. Yeah, that like all the imprints, there's like, you know, all this stuff, our, our culture and all the narrative, like even the media and the influences is like, girls are really beautiful. And, you know, you want to be a girl and men are like, you know, they're portrayed in a different way. And it's almost, yeah. I mean, there's just so many messages that are received. Uh, my approach to this would be, let's explore what's actually really going on for you. What is yeah. happening? What is causing you to think that what's between your legs is the wrong thing. Yeah. Because it's not about that. No, it's not. It's, 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 this is a mental concept we're working with. And as you said, like we, when we get lost in the mind and out of the body, all sorts of distortions come in and there's deliberate distortions that are Absolutely. targeting our kids. Yeah. And you know, you've got to be suspicious when they're starting to do sex education for like little children. And they're saying in America, you know, that you could actually be a, a man in a girl's body or you could be a yeah. girl in a boy's body. And, and they, they, in some schools, they have a little checkbox tick if you want some transgender counseling or some bullshit. And I'm like, that's not even a concept. 
no. to children, right? No. Um, it, it's not, maybe it's like if you want gender counseling, like it's, it's introduced as a thing yeah. to yep. the kids and the children are so confused. And I've, I've heard mums, you know, the children, the child will go home and go, mum, am I going to turn into a man? Or do you think I'm actually a girl? Or like, it's just, this conversation is absurd. It's, it's totally absurd. It's totally absurd. And I think the, in the new age conversation of it, it's like we're moving towards being um, asexual or whatever, where there's no yeah. males or females or whatever. And it's like, well. That is the agenda. That's that the transhuman it. agenda. That's the transhuman agenda. That is not yep. the natural organic human. Like, yeah, I find it's just, I know. it's mind blowing and disturbing and fascinating and all of the things. I know. I'm like, I just watch and I think, how are people not seeing this? Like I know. And it's so edgy. And, I, and, and, you know, I know even I'm feeling it in my body, how edgy it is. And it's like, yeah. I'm tapping into people listening. Right. Because yeah. this, it's, it's just take a moment to breathe. Like, could mm. we just do that? Yes. Let's, <laughs> let's do, do that. that. Just take a moment just to breathe because it, 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 we are really here to like, just unravel all of this distortion that has been presented to us in this modern culture. Yeah. Yeah. And know that the power of the human spirit is just so divine. And when, you know, I also see this as a crisis of motherhood. Yeah. Because when a mother is present and connected with her baby and that baby knows that they are divine and whole and complete from the very start. Yeah. Transgender is not a thing. I know. There's a lot of traumatized mothers out there and... And mothers that have been infiltrated with this information of like that this is a natural, normal thing for babies. And then I've seen it. I've seen around me how women who have that belief system cultivate that in their child that, Mm. you know, it's from like very early on, like just, I don't know, I've watched it with someone and I'm like, there's just, I've seen how that belief system has filtered in to how that boy has been raised i can't find the right words because it's just what i've observed with yeah around me of like how that can influence a child with just some very sudden like like at school you know when you're saying oh maybe you're a girl or you could be a boy in a girl's body or things like this that has such a massive impact on a child and it can be the most subtle, Mm. subtle things. And Mm. yeah, to see, you know, a three-year-old or four-year-old being something that has been cultivated into them rather than what you see as just like their natural essence is, I find it really Mm. disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the other related to that, the other part is fully accepting exactly who they are. Right. So it's really normal and natural for a child to play with gender concepts quite young. And I remember my little boy Zenon, he, um, he was drawn to a pink dress and it was totally cool. Like we're, completely okay with that but i know a lot of people probably wouldn't be like oh no no that's not for you which then yeah. plants a seed which then yeah. can like create a shadow that it needs to be expressed later right and i yes. have no doubt that that's a factor in some of these Agreed. situations yeah um because there's like 
that that shame or that that guilt or whatever and it creates the longing and there's all that weird stuff going on um behind the scenes yeah um and so it's like yep great you can put that on and we didn't flinch and it was actually kind of sweet you know and he's running around and he he wore a dress for a few days and he was right into it and went shopping with him and everything and Like at that age, it's not really it's obvious what yeah. what someone if someone's a boy or a girl anyway. Really, it's you yeah. know sometimes very hard to tell. And yeah, um, and then he just naturally moved through that and out of it. And he's it's like been there, done that, tried that on. It's not really who I am, but he had that freedom to do that. That's so freedom. now he doesn't he doesn't need to explore that as part of his identity anymore. And yeah. I I can see that when people are really get stuck in their head about gender concepts that could become a thing. And yeah. I also see, and I've experienced this firsthand mothers who, and I know it, it must be so hard for a mother. I I'm not um, glossing over that at all. Like to have a, a child who's so confused mm. and so, you know, their sense of identity is so um yeah lost and distorted in their sense of self to the point where they think that they're in the wrong body that must yeah. be devastating oh, yeah. for a mother um and then on the other hand it's almost like seen as a as as a liberation as a mother to say oh well you know this is my child is this and i'm supporting that and i had an yeah. experience of that in my community years ago where a, 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 a young boy was expressing his more feminine qualities and the mum was really quick to say oh, he's a transgender girl Yes, and changed his name and said to the school, he's got a new name and that didn't give him much space for exploration. And yes. she was really flying the transgender flag. Like my, I'm a transgender mum. This is my boy. And I thought, and she, we ended up, she ended up really, um, becoming really reactive when I, I asked her if he was exploring his identity, you know, could it, he was only five or something. Um, but this is the thing that's happening with these children is that the people around them are so quick to suddenly diagnose and identify and and put them in a box that then they're sort of, all right, well, this is, must be who I am. And I know it's not always like that. And sometimes it's like a teenager coming to it in themselves or, or maybe an adult, but it's just let's listen like what are these humans actually needing like what's going on what's going on for you to be rejecting your own body at that deep core level exactly and that's exactly what I was trying to say before was that you know that the parent then just jumps onto this the slightest little thing that they because they they're looking at the world through a filter because they believe that this is I know in the new age it's like it's like um the babies that are coming through, this is just how they're going to be like for them to be some kind of like evolved being. That's what they're like. So then that's what I'm seeing is like parents jumping on that. So then they're looking at it through that filter that that's what their child's going to be like. So then they're cultivating it within them. And yeah, going so far as saying, I remember that woman in that group. <laughs> I was just like, wow. <laughs> It was so full on. Really full on because she was in there all the time and posting stuff. And I was like, that's, you know, I mean, there are parents out there. And when you're saying, you know, it must be very disturbing um, for a mom and devastating actually for a parent to have to deal with that. For some, yeah, that's that's their experience. Like, wow, this is a really devastating experience. Others aren't. They're they're so they're jumping onto it and going, right, let's Mm. get you 
on these hormones and let's like start the process like mm. four-year-olds of having surgery oh. to turn them in and that's fucking disturbing. Like that they're not even disturbing. allowed to have a tattoo. They're not even yeah. allowed to have a tattoo before they're eighteen, right? Like you, you, this whole puberty blocker thing is next level. It's um, crazy. Yeah, it's 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 really it's so full on. And you know, I just want to make it clear, and I know that you feel this the same way, Carly. It's like total freedom to express every part of yourself and and love who you want to love and you know be sexually have make the choices like do no harm right do whatever it is that floats your boat it's no problem and i and it's just it's the lack of that acceptance of all that that actually leads to this sense of oh there must be something wrong with me yeah because if we were truly embracing each individual and their traits and their qualities and their preferences as their own individual self, then there's no problem. Yeah. But it's only when they go, oh, well, if this is the case, then that means I must be in the wrong body if I think this way or if I feel this way or if I, you know. Yeah. um, And because, and you may have, you probably have seen stories years down the track of, of, humans who have gone through that process and they've gone through the the surgery and they've gone through the modifications and the chemical everything and just gone oh what have i done Done. to myself yeah that actually wasn't the problem if only someone yeah was there to listen to me and and explore what was really going on for me because that's yeah. really what they needed yeah. not yeah. not someone to jump in from a drug company and say hey look we can Let's fix that this. for you exactly yeah. and it's just another expression of unhealed trauma that's what it is i mean yeah. when when you know there's such a huge um portion of humanity that has so much unhealed trauma i mean you've only got to look around <laughs> the world was going on now to see that and Mm. you know like I know for me that I was a person like that like I I used to think very differently to what 10 years ago to what I do now and um, it's been through going through that process of it's challenging it's hard it hurts like to actually go into the pain that we've experienced like there's nothing Mm. overly um, no, it is beautiful. It's actually beautiful, but it's challenging. Like it's a really hard process oh. to do. And most people don't want to take that level of self-responsibility for their life. And, you know, feeling this immense pain, some people will turn to drugs. Some people will turn to alcohol. Some people will, you know, do something else. This is to me is just another expression of that unhealed trauma that is, that is mm-hmm. happening. And um, yeah, it is yeah. It's a very edgy topic and it's going to be, there will be people that will just be like, what the fuck? And, you know, whatever. I, I, I strong, have strong beliefs around this. And um, it's not that I'm not accepting of people who choose that path or anything like Me that. Me too. It's, I actually have, you know, I have friends, but it's just like, let's look at what's really right. going on here. Yeah. It's actually because I care so deeply about humanity. Like people mm. will be like, oh, the, you know, you what a careless bitch or heartless bitch or whatever. Or but it's, misunderstanding. It's, it's, that you go on yeah no it's just that we're so i care so deeply about human mm. our humanity and how i can see so clearly all these different ways that it is being stripped from us and mm-hmm. um yeah 
yeah. it, it, it's a, it's a tragedy, right? It's like, yes, it's, it doesn't mean that we're judging people who make that choice, no. but just knowing that there's so much more to this than yeah, what, what they is think. presented on the surface. Exactly. So much more. And that's it. Right. And that, and we, you know, it's, it's about, like I know that we're both such advocates for for children, for humanity, for honouring life. Yeah. For really honouring life, not being judgy about what people are doing. It's not no. about that. That's just the no. same energy that yeah. leads to all those dysfunctional choices. It's not yeah. that. It's going. Let's honour life. Let's let's recognise that we are divine expressions of we don't even know yet. Like we are only just learning what humans are capable of. We've been in such amnesia. We've been in such a dense paradigm of conditioning that we are just discovering our our capacity. And and this is a beautiful thing that I wanted to sort of move shift into what's happening now. Right. I was just going to, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, because as you heard, like, you know, originally I was like all into supporting empowered birth and empowered motherhood and shifting the paradigm around relationships. And then that led to supporting, um, supporting mothers to work from home, especially when the no jab, no play, no jab, no pay stuff came in a few Mm. years ago. And some people's payments were being reduced because of their health choices. So I'm like, right, I've been running a business myself for a long time. I can help others. So I started helping mums run a business from home and that's a different kind of birth, right? It's birthing your ideas and your visions and presenting that. Mm. And so there's that. And then, so more recently that has evolved beyond that, even to even the last few weeks, another piece of the puzzle is landing so much deeper because I knew I was starting to get overwhelmed and, and really fragmented from all the online stuff right and i've been stepping back for the last couple of years really consciously going wow what's going on there this is this is not good for for my consciousness for mental health and put some really strong boundaries up but recently uh i have i knew i've been feeling the call to connect with local community local real life yeah within reasonable distance that we can actually get together and so i i knew i heard about a group forming a group meeting up in our local area i'm I'm on the coffs coast east coast of australia i said i've got to go i just intuitive yes to go there and i felt this real aliveness of being in this group of very diverse people different ages and lots of people so different to the online entrepreneurial bubble that's so full of fluff and over Oh, the wording and the concepts, it's just like gets further and further away from reality, right? I mean, it's all reality. <laughs> it's just yeah, different yeah. different paradigms that you're tuning into and like to get on the earth with other humans. I'm like, wow, there's some, something's happening here. And I, I didn't know what it was, but it felt really significant. And then yeah. someone from that group who was part of the founders reached out to me and said, hey, you have a really, you, you seem to have embodied inner authority in a way that, you know, he could recognize that in me. And he, he asked me if I would be able to help with that side of things. And I'm like, I am so in for that. Yes. That is just, that lights That's me you. up so yeah. much. Yeah. And so then we had another gathering and there was more people there. There was maybe about 30 odd people. And, uh, and after that gathering, I said, look, we need to get to know who's in our community. Let's have a sharing circle. I'd love to hear from everyone. And so they said, awesome. Can you do that? And I said, yes, I'd love to. So then we put the invitation out to the community 
and a fairly small group because it's just a seeding seeding this this movement and because we're also at a time right now where there's a lot of restrictions being placed on uh people depending on your health choices right i don't know yes. how much to say out loud and getting bloody Go censored left right and center but yeah you know we're in a community where that is a reality. Like people are expecting, they're expected to, sh- you're expected to show your private medical information to be able to go into different shops and that. And I just avoid those places yeah. basically. So we're like, we need to start looking at this. Like really mm. it's like, let's get together. And I said, let's meet each other. And we put the word out. So we just had a gathering on Saturday and we're not allowed to gather. Right. We are not, there's all this stupid stuff at the moment. We're not I love allowed that you to. did anyway. <laughs> I know. We're just like, well, oh, we don't know how many people are going to come out because it had just happened. Like there'd just been some new things passed where, you know, they're changing the rules every five minutes. But yeah. it was like, there's, it's freedom. If you're fully jabbed, you can do all this stuff. But if you're not, you can't do any of it. And you're not yeah. even allowed to have someone visit your house and you're not allowed to have someone in your car and you're not allowed to gather in public at all. Right. And we're like, fuck, well, we've got to find a solution here because this is not sustainable. And so I put this invitation out. Someone actually had offered um, a space which is private and it's not around residential area. And it was like, we're like, awesome. Okay. That's lining up. We'll just put the word out. I said, you need to bring your own chair because it's, you know, a very, not a, not a space where people usually go. And, um, we rocked up and all of a sudden all these people started streaming up the driveway, carrying their chairs. And honestly, cause we didn't give the address until the very last minute. And cause they knew roughly, like I said, you know, it's this kind of region, just be there, but we're not going to give you the address cause we need to keep it stealthy. Yeah. And, um, all of a sudden, like once we put out the address, it was so amazing. We just had like all these people. And it was like, to me, it was like the Aussie suburban version of Braveheart. All these people <laughs> yes. walking up, carrying their deck chairs, walking up to this place. And there were so many just coming and coming. And we're like, oh, I had no idea it was going to be that so big. Good. We had like, so we had about 130 people Holy come shit. to this gathering on Saturday and the guys are like, do you know what you're going to say? And I'm like, well, this is a sharing circle. And I trust myself because like, it's interesting because this is, it was founded by men. And that's another thing that's really shifted for me. Cause I've been doing women's work yeah. for, you know, the Forever. last decade yeah. quite exclusively. And I had my own uh, healing process a few weeks ago where I really got to the end of that journey of feeling like I was needing to hold it and feeling like men weren't pulling their weight. And I really shifted something around that. And it was fascinating how fast my reality just pivoted within a couple of weeks. I'm sitting in a meeting, which is just me and eight amazing, powerful men of full integrity. Wow. Right. To plan this gathering. And so I'm bringing this, you know, the sacred feminine into this, into this circle. And, you know, the masculine is very much about structure and, and mm. agenda. And the guy, the guys are seeing all these people. They don't know me from a bar of soap other than they recognize, oh, you've got inner authority. Can you, you know, could you <laughs> be a voice for that? <laughs> and so they see all these people flooding up the driveway and, and they're like, so Avalon, do you know what you're going to talk about? Like, and I, and I said, well, it's a sharing circle. And I just, and, and a couple of them just went a bit like, looked a bit terrified <laughs> because, <laughs> because this is this like 
you know, emerging yeah. thing. And I just felt really confident and connected him with source. And I knew exactly what to say, just like say, look, amazing to come out here and gather like this, this shows the power of the human spirit that we will not be stopped. Yeah. And I want to know who are you? What do you bring? If you've got any skills you can contribute, if you've got a business, if you, if you need anything. And so I just spoke for a few minutes and really created so much safety yeah. and so much um, full acceptance of we're all in this together and we need to look beyond our differences and really look at what can we do as a community and develop strength within our community. And it created so much safety. And I was mm -hmm. so touched at the amount of vulnerability and sharing. And because the group was so huge, like this massive circle of over hundred people, I've never had a circle that big before in my life. Yeah. Um, they had to stand up so that people could hear them on the other side. And if, like for some people, it was the first time they've ever spoken in front of that many people. And the amount of courage just shows like you can be in the most, you know, unconventional, unusual converse, uh, situation or like put out of your comfort zone. But when there is a shared vision and a shared purpose, we have got more power than we know. And so from yeah. that sharing, people sharing all the different things and what they can do and what they need. And there was a whole bunch of people who are about to lose their income because of these government mandates, because they're not willing to receive experimental medicine into their That's my bloodstream. Husband. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And so, and there was all these other people that had solutions and that had offering jobs. And then one guy's got this huge property that's not being used. And so by the end of that, they're basically collaborating. The people growing food are going to grow a food, start an organic food farm on the property. And it was just this, synergy that just started happening because i said let's trust the collective intelligence of our group which yeah. is a new concept for humans who are conditioned to need to know what's next yeah covid's unraveled a lot of that for people like we just oh, can't yeah. know what's next you right can't. yeah and so that that's literally just happened a few days ago and we're um, going today to meet uh, someone who's offered their property for our next gathering. And we're looking at now uh, organizing people in focus groups so that we can get real actions and projects happening in our community. And that is just blowing my mind every that day. Amazing. The conversations. Yeah. That is amazing. It's amazing. And I know that what we're doing now, and I can feel it, I know it in my heart, what we're doing is we're creating something that can be a living example yes, for other communities. To replicate. I was just thinking the exact same thing while you were talking. I'm like, this is what we have to do. Because this is yeah. what I have been in my mind going like, I know there's something, yeah. but it's like this, like, well, I don't have a spare few million dollars to go buy a big block of land and create this. It's like, but there's people yeah. out there that already have these things and already have the resources and people totally. have skills and this is what we need to do. We do. We and need I've, to come together. Yeah. And I've been saying that. It's like, it's always, it's at grassroots level. Like it has to be exactly what you said, local community, people who yeah, you can't be too far away because it's got to be practical as well. But yeah, this exactly. Hardly um, something that can be replicated. It really is. And so this is about flourishing humanity. And that's amazing. That's what I'm here for, you know. So that's really like that completes my introduction. <laughs> about, you know, <laughs> give me your bio. I'm here for yeah. a flourishing humanity. I'm here in yeah. service to whatever needs to happen for that to happen and it keeps changing. Yeah. Yep.
I feel very like very similar, very similar in that um, that is a huge part of like the vision that has landed for me as well. And there's more pieces coming in. And that was just like another one of like, yes, this is starting to make more sense. But um, it's the ability to pivot is so massive. And that's something that you have as well. I think is so many people Mm. are like, no, this is, this is the path and I have to follow this and no, but this is what I was doing. But exactly like COVID has definitely just had, you've had to let go of needing to know. I did a podcast on this last week because surrendering into the unknown, because that's literally since we have left the Sunshine Coast, that has been my entire journey of every time we would try and plan even like a couple of days in advance we have no idea where we're going tomorrow. We're checking out of this Airbnb and we're like, where the fuck are we going? I don't know. <laughs> We've got to figure that out. But if we try and plan That's it. That's so cool. If we try and plan it, something happens and it doesn't happen. And it's like, we'll book somewhere tonight or maybe tomorrow morning. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But then the next two weeks after that, because my husband's still FIFO, like he's still until December doing two weeks on. So that's like the kids and I'll be like, all right, well, where are we going to go for the next two weeks? You know? we have to find somewhere to book. And that's literally how we're living at the moment because even just driving over probably after the first week, I, cause my dad drove over with me. Um, I said to dad, I'm like, I'm not, we're not planning where we're going. Cause every time I'd say, all right, we're going to stop here and we're going to stop here and we'll try and get to here that day. And we try and plan a few days ahead. It would never happen. Like something yeah. would happen and we would not end up going like the first morning we'd, when we first left the sunshine coast, we'd planned to, um, get to, I can't remember where it was, but that morning I, we went and filled up, um, the, we had to go and get a gas bottle. And so we went to the, um, the service station in the town and like the freakiest accident happened. Like I was, I was getting the, um, gas bottle out of the thing. Like it was just a swap and go one. And I got it out and I put it down and I was trying to like get the lock back on, like the lady giving me the keys and I'm trying to jiggle this lock. And the guy, a guy came out of the petrol station and drove straight into the gas bottle and smashed it into my foot. And I was like <gasps> in agony. I was like, I'd went to the hospital and they're like, if that's not broken, I don't know what it is. Like it just blew up purple straight away. Yeah. And um, I was just like, what the fuck? Like, and that was literally like, was like the whole time it wasn't broken. It was, uh, but it, a couple of days later I was walking on it. Okay. And, um, yeah, it was just things like that, just like random things that would stop us. So we, in the end, we only ended up driving that we still left that day, but we only drove about three hours. And so our whole mm. like plan of where we were going to get to each day was completely out the window. <laughs> and that happened not the same experience of like my foot, but something would happen every time we'd try and plan. And so I'm like, we're not planning anymore. We'll just get up and this is wherever we get to, we get to, and along the drive, we'll figure out where we're staying. And yeah, that's just like, we've been thrust into this way of living where you can't plan ahead that far because things are shifting so quickly. And Yeah. yeah, I think, um, it can be really challenging for our minds because our minds are like, I need to know, but we actually don't. And when we just live in that, Mm. that's when we open up to these amazing synchronistic experiences and being in the right place at the right time, because otherwise we think we know what we're doing (laughs) and the universe is like, "Uh uh-uh. I've got a way better Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that excites me so much hearing about your lifestyle. Mm. Um, Because when you are in the present moment, 
you will be guided. You'll know what feels right. Like, are we going to keep going this way or are we going to stop here? And really trusting that that is more true than something that you decided yesterday when you were looking at a map. Exactly right. That's exactly right. Because you do. And that's what I feel in, I just feel the pull of like, oh, that's where we need to go. And we just know, I just wake yeah. up and be like, oh, that's where we need to go. And we just book it and it all just goes dum, 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 and it all just falls into place. But if I try and plan ahead any length of time, it's like, no, nah, there's nothing there. I'm like, where are we going to go? I don't know. And we're like, I get into my head about it. I'm like, stop. We're not meant to know yet. And then I just drop it and then we forget about it. And that's exactly, yeah, how, how we're living. So yeah, yeah. And then one last thing I want to share with you, you yeah. know how we had this gathering on Saturday. So it was yeah. organized for Saturday at 4pm. And then on Friday, the day before, it's related yeah. to what you were sharing. Yeah. One of the main guys organizing, he said, I've, I've got in touch with this guy and I need to meet him before the meeting. And he's helping to coordinate the First Nations people of Australia who are actually claiming sovereignty and claiming this land back. Right. Wow. And he's like, I'm going there tomorrow. Do you want to come? And I'm like, yes, I'll come. And so we went on this road trip in the morning before the the event. (laughs) And so that just like basically shifted everything in terms of our perspective and what's needed. And then that was what I wove into what I presented to the people in the beginning of the circle too. It's like, we need to stand with our First Nations brothers and sisters and we need to unite because we need need to unite against this tyranny the tyranny exactly and it was so exciting because i mean i'm an activator yeah (laughs) it's one of the things i do and i could feel the electricity in the group and by the end of it just the the connection and the trust amongst Mm. a group of random strangers all of a sudden we're family yeah that's what we need to do right we are family we've been conditioned to think that we're not and your yeah. neighbor could be a fucking terrorist. Yeah. So that the whole divide and conquer thing, it's just, it's rampant. And I think, yeah, what, what you are creating there is the antidote to that. It's like, yeah, that's exactly what we so need exciting. to do. It's so exciting. Yeah. My goodness. So exciting. I'm just, I'm just <sighs> loving it. And so now it's like finding it's, it's really the edge of evolution, right? Yeah. We've got like databases of people. It's like how much is coordinated, how much is spontaneous synergy. Um, and this is the stuff where now, and I love it because this, this, I love being on the edge. Yeah. I love navigating into the mystery. And when, when people are starting to go, Oh, I don't know if this is going to work. It's like, just come back into this moment. Yeah. Come back into this moment and trust the innate intelligence of life because we are like a mycelium network of interconnected, interconnected, responsive, intelligent beings. That's what we're designed for. That's right. And that's what they're trying to sever because they know this is why they stay 1.5 meters. Don't go and see your family. Don't, you know, don't gather because what happens when humans gather? Like fucking exactly magic. Magic Exactly. It does. And it's like, yeah, you know, not to say that it's not going to be a bit messy and people's issues are going to come up and I'm, I'm ready for it. I love it. I love when people's issues come up because that's the gold. It's like, (laughs) okay, what's happening for you? Because that is going to happen because everyone's like wounded and traumatized from being in this broken culture. (laughs) (laughs) So, oh yeah, it's exciting. It's really exciting. And I'm really thrilled to be able to share that with you today because it's the beginning of something really beautiful. It really is. And what a perfect way to wrap up this conversation because it's like, we've just gone into all of the different (laughs) 
places. And I I think that is, that's where we're heading. And it comes through people coming together, not dividing and yeah, getting out of all of the, the agendas that are out there and seeing through them because yeah, getting away Mm. from that distortion and just, because when you come back and connect to another human, that's when you really are able to make the change. I think that's yeah, what, for sure. That's what happens. Mm. For sure. Because see, we've been so indoctrinated with this hierarchical external uh, authority yeah. paradigm yeah. that we are now, it's like needing to learn a new language, like learning how to actually trust the evolutionary process and it's decentralized mm. so that because what i find is people come up what do you want me to do what do you want me to do and i'm like i'm not your fucking leader yeah. like i'm not the boss of you you need to find within yourself the clarity gonna- and initiative yeah and i know that um there are different roles for different people and some people are just happy to help and contribute. And that's great. But what we need to do is find that sovereign inner authority so that then we know where to go and we know where to, where to place ourselves and trust that if we keep trusting that and listening in, the solution will come. The solution will come. That's right. And they'll know what they can contribute rather than saying, what do you want me to do? It's like, this is what I can contribute. And that's a totally yeah, exactly energy. So I, I do answer that question with what is it that you love to do? What lights you up? Because yeah. you're here to do what lights you up. Everyone's yep. got a role. Yeah. And the thing that you're here to do is something you probably don't even know that it's a thing because yep. it's so, so innate easy. to who you already yep. are yep. that you don't even recognize in it. It's almost like yep. it's through community and it's through relationship that we actually discover who we are through that yep. mirror. Yep. Because someone will say, oh, my God, you're so amazing at that. And you're like, really? <laughs> you don't even notice. And if people haven't delved into this like we have, you know, I've spent the last five or six years delving into astrology and human design and all these things, really getting to know who I am and what I, I thrive in and what I love. But not everyone has. So I think that, mm. again, through that process, they're going to really be like, oh, this is what I love to do and be able to share that from a place of just ease because it will Mm. yeah it doesn't feel like work when you're doing what it is you came here to do that's what i've discovered totally totally. and it's funny i was laughing about it like say going back 20 years ago and having this vision of beautiful families and you know helping women have empowered births and like that at this part of the mission we need to be understanding what the government's doing and like unraveling all this dark stuff. And like, it's just the, we are warriors of light in this full paradigm shift. Like literally reality is going through a massive, massive, massive transformation right now. Yeah. Like it's so huge so right huge. now, like today, like yeah. at the moment it's the pressures on the dark agenda is clutching on. They're digging their claws in. They've already lost, but they're yeah. trying yeah. to like trying to push and bluff and coerce and pressure. Yeah. And unfortunately a lot of people are falling for it because they haven't got that inner authority. Yeah. They're not listening to that inner strength. They're being swayed because the you know the whole conditioning is designed yeah. to have people that obey external mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah. and so yeah it's just who could have thought we would be in this place we're here to like raise beautiful happy families i know 
I know. And here we are fucking, I don't, I don't, I don't want to t- say out loud what I was going to say because, you know, you can get done for incitement and all that, but like, we are just here to shift the paradigm in a big way, which means we need to know what we're up against. That's right. Because there's a full attack on humanity on every level. Exactly. And it's not getting caught up in it. So what I'm seeing with a lot of people is that they're getting caught up in it. It's like, okay, so you can know, you've got to know what's going on and you've got to have the awareness of like, yeah, this is what's happening. Mm. but be focused on the solution. Be focused on what Mm. are you actually creating in your life so that you can thrive? Because if you get so caught up in what the government and whatever they're all doing, the attack on us, you get stuck in it and you're in a completely different paradigm that is not really serving that much, you know? And it's like, you've got to pull yourself out of it because it is, it's very easy to get sucked in. And it's like, okay, this is what's Mm. happening, but I'm focusing my energy over here on creating what it is that we're here to create. Yes, exactly. And that's it. We, our place of power is in our communities and in developing, like it, we need food, yeah. we need shelter, we need family, we need community, we need water, yeah. we need fun, we need expression. Mm-hmm. Like what are we creating? Like yeah. people are so addicted to the drama yeah. that they've forgotten what are the qualities that you actually bring? Like, that's my invitation. It's yeah. like, what are the qualities that you bring? What is your role in the flourishing humanity? Because that's where we're heading. Yes. And it's not waking people up because they will wake themselves up when they're ready. No one has you know to what? wake someone else up. Like, that's right. And, and not everyone's going to. No. And not everyone is actually even going to survive this. There's a no. mass. There's going to, and I knew that as, since a child, a lot of people yeah. are going to die. They are. And it's the, the truth of it is we need to, you know, we talked about attachment earlier and healthy attachment. We also need to just detach from other people's path Journey. and the timeline that they're on. Exactly. Because not everyone's on this to no. flourish. No. And that's, that's right. just the reality of it. Yep. And the ones who know, like I've always known, I never knew what it was going to look like, but I knew there would be a period of time that was going to be pretty dark, that, but that we yep. would thrive through it. I'm like we're going yep, to thrive too. through it and I don't, I didn't know how, what that's going to be or whatever, but I've always, I just hold that belief and I still do like no matter what's mm. going on out there, I observe it. And so I semi keep on up with what's going on. Like people will post stuff and I'll be like, Oh, I didn't even know that happened. But you know, it's just knowing, but then not getting caught up and then yeah. living your life. So my goodness. Totally amazing thank you so much oh so good so we could like talk all day like seriously i know so much but and i just we've got to wrap this up i know i've got to like visit this property where we're going to have our next (laughs) gathering which is really exciting that is so exciting keep me in the loop with what's happening there because yeah that's i really love to uh, yeah keep uh hearing what's happening because yeah this is it is it's definitely something it sounds like that we can replicate all over the world so. definitely yeah. definitely and I, i'm a weaver i weave you culture. Are. you know i'll be i was weaving clothes way back yeah. but now it's like weaving culture which yeah. so and if if anyone wants to stay connected with me you can um connect through my website blossomingwoman.com.au yep, yep. that's the main place i'm yep. on telegram okay wild mama radio wild mama radio perfect because i was just about to ask you that and i will add those links in as well um awesome 
into the show notes. So amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much. It was so great to chat. Thank you, Carly. It was so great to chat. We might be ruffling a few feathers, but you know, that's okay. That's what we do. (laughs) That's what we do. (laughs) (laughs) That is what we do. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Journey of Woman podcast. It truly is the greatest honor to have you take time out of your day to have these words land in your ears. Time is so precious and it truly means the world to me when you choose to invest your time here with me and my guests. And one final note before I leave you today, if you enjoyed this episode, then please take a screenshot and share it over on the gram or Facebook and make sure you tag me and my guests and tell us what you loved about it. When you share with your friends and family, that helps me to get these episodes into more ears and for that I am truly truly grateful have yourself an amazing day and I will see you